Welcome to the Save Your Marriage podcast, dedicated to all the men and women out there who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages. Here, we give you tools, perspectives, and insight into how to save your marriage and have a thriving marriage. This podcast is sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. And now, here's your host, Arturo Henriquez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I just want to invite all the men and women out there to book a private, complimentary call with me. We will talk about your particular situation in private and give you lots of guidance and put you on the path to restoring and saving your marriage. Just go to www.fortifiedspouse.com forward slash call. That's C-A-L-L. So let's face it, lots of relationships are in trouble, and there's only one central place why they are in trouble, one central reason, and that is all about connection. So if you're here, my guess is that at least that's one of the issues surrounding your relationship issues. I found that to be the predominant reason that couples are in trouble, because they stepped aside of the connection. They didn't keep their eye on that connection and became disconnected. In practically all my episodes, I've talked about what connection is and why it is so important. And today I want to talk about the myths of connection. And really these myths of connection are the ones that I see over and over that people keep making the kind of the same mistakes and thinking that kind of they create the scenario where they're suddenly in trouble, right? So you might recognize yourself in these scenarios. I have emails every day from people saying, wow, I didn't know how bad things were. I just kind of thought that, you know, things would be okay. I've heard many, many times the reasons for that, and it's all innocent behavior. You know, all disconnection starts with innocence. Now, sometimes after the innocence, after we we drop into the bucket of those stages of disconnection, after we kind of crest the connection, we head down towards disdain, right? Those pieces begin to be a little less innocent. You know, sometimes we get a little more angry and we get a little bit more resentful and sometimes a little more purposeful in showing our displeasure about the connection. But in the beginning, a lot of times we get disconnected for entirely innocent reasons. And one of the primary is we don't even know that that's the goal, We don't even know how important that is. And so we get lost in that. In fact, the number one myth of connection is, you know, it's just not that important. The connection is just not that important. And the reason that we think that is because usually a marriage is the first time when we're really in a relationship where connection is such a powerful fuel for that relationship. We don't have any other places. Now, sure, we have connection with our parents and maybe our siblings, but the real place where we learn about the strength and the power of connection is in marriage. And so, you know, we don't walk in going, oh, this is all about connection. I got to keep my eye on that. That's the most important thing. And so if you want my myth buster here, you know, connection is the most important part of the marital relationship. The most important part. Now, there are other pieces that protect it, but when you look at how we build a we, a team, part of it is feeling that connection with somebody else, 
that we're in this together. We are a team. We got each other's back. But now look at the opposite of that. If we take our eyes off of that, the disconnection begins to grow. And the reason why this myth is so deadly is because we tend to believe that since it's not that important, that it'll wait and we're going to get to that in a little bit sometime in the future. But the connection is just kind of one of those things in the background, right? It's kind of background noise. And so the interesting thing is we do great spins and circles and somersaults trying to get the connection that we want without realizing that it really is about connection. When couples are arguing about how to have a love life, how to have sex, they're arguing about connection. When couples are arguing about spending enough time together or attending to each other, again, it's about connection. But we forget that, and we fall into the trap of just believing the connection is just not that important. So let me set it straight. Connection is the most important part of a marital relationship. If you want it to be a happy, satisfying relationship that stays together, you need to stay connected all the time. Which brings us to myth number two. We are connected, so we are connected. This is the assumption that, you know, back in those dating times, you build that connection up. I mean, that really is what the dating and courtship time is all about. It's about building that connection, learning about each other, trusting each other, learning about what makes each other tick, learning about what each other likes, and all those pieces. That's all about building connection. And then what happens? We get into a relationship, we get into a marriage, and we kind of assume, well, we did that. We got that done. It'll never go away. We've got it. We've got that whipped. You know, I had someone who told me that they had this very connected relationship going into the marriage, and then she just assumed that from there on, you know, it's just kind of uncharted that those things kind of took care of themselves, that you didn't have to really work on it because you've already done that. You had already put in the effort. So we have this belief that, you know, we connected that point. We did that. All that stuff to join together, to fall in love. So now it's all connected and we live happily ever after. The problem with connection is that connection never stays in one place. It's never neutral. It's always either building or it's dying. There is no pause button. There's no stopping. There's no way to kind of use the old connection and think it's going to keep sustaining. It's like a battery. You know, a battery can fool you for a long time and you've got this fully charged battery. You click at it and you start using whatever it is. You know, maybe it's your cell phone and throughout the day, you know, that battery keeps it going and going and going. But you may not notice unless you've got that meter up there that throughout the day you're eating through the battery, that you're slowly tearing it down. You're taking the juice out. And a relationship is a lot like that. When we think that, oh, you know, we're all charged up, we're ready to go, that all we had to do was build our connection in the beginning, we don't have to keep doing that. And so it's kind of like we charged that battery up during our dating days, and now we're tapping into it, not realizing that we're draining it down. And if we're not constantly recharging it, if we're not constantly plugging it back into that source, that connection, we end up with a dead battery. And we're clueless on how it happened. 
Then you find yourself out in the middle of nowhere trying to make that cell phone call that you need to make. And there's nothing there because the battery got eaten into and you never noticed it. So think of that as kind of the connection reserve. It's kind of like a battery. You got to keep charging it and you don't wait until it's down to zero all the time. I don't know about you, but most people don't wait until their cell phone is all the way dead before they say, oh gosh, I've got to do something about it. But a lot of times couples in a troubled relationship do exactly that. They get to where it's, you know, uh, warning flashings at 10, 5, 3, 2%, and it's beginning to shut down. And then they go, oh gosh, you know what? I think we need to do something about this. I think we need to work on that connection thing. And at that point, the battery has been drained and it's so much longer and harder to get it charged back. It's so much harder to get it charged back in there. It can be done, but it's a lot more difficult. So that whole myth that we are connected, that we connected at one point, so we are connected is going to just get you into trouble, which kind of brings us to myth number three. Myth number three is you shouldn't have to work at it. You really shouldn't have to work at connection. It should just be magical. It should just happen. And to me, that's kind of like saying, you know, if it was supposed to have muscles, I really shouldn't have to exercise. I really shouldn't have to stay in shape. But really, I shouldn't have to watch what I'm eating. I, it just ought to come naturally. Well, we don't apply that anywhere else in life. You know, we don't say, well, to our kids, well, you know, I guess they'll learn algebra naturally. If we were meant to know algebra, then we'll know it. Or if we were meant to know how to throw a ball, we would do that. Or if we were meant to fill in the blank, anything that would just happen, it would be magical. Well, it's not true anywhere in life, and it's not true with connection. In fact, if it were that easy, there would be no big deal. There would be no issue. There would be no crisis. And so when we start equating the fact that we might have to put some effort in, and I don't really like to use the word work, you know, it's not about working at it. It's about putting effort into the relationship. In fact, I would love it if more couples put in playful effort into their relationship than trying to work at it because work at it is so heavy and it makes it so hard, but that we have this whole myth that it should take no effort and everything that's important in life should take effort. If it's not going to take effort, it's probably not worth much if it's not going to come along. And this is true in anything you do in life, you know? Anything that is worthwhile is something we work for. And the more we work for it, the more valuable it is. And it's no different with a connection. So we make a commitment to work on that connection when we get married. That's what that's about, a commitment to connection, a commitment to staying connected and working on it and making effort and attending to it and making it a priority. That's what we promise, that we often fail because we live in the myths that we just shouldn't have to work at it. It should just happen. Now, myth number four is we can connect when life slows down. That's the myth. We can connect when life slows down. I see this all the time with people who, you know, the career is blooming or the kids are growing or the hobbies are prospering. All these things are happening in life. And the tendency is to say, you know what? We'll get back to this marriage thing when these things slow down. 
we'll get back to the marriage thing when we're empty nesters or when we retire or, you know, when we have more time or more energy. And the problem is that connection is not stable. As I've said many times, there is no pause button for connection. There is no pause button for a marriage. There is no pause button for a relationship. A relationship is either building or it's receding. It can't stay in one place. And unfortunately, a lot of times it's receding because we don't even know that we need to be focused on it. We don't even know that we have to keep our eyes on that while life is coming along. So we sidestep it. We say, well, we'll get back to it when the kids are gone. The problem is by the time that happens, there is so much disconnection between the two of you and so much animosity for that loss of connection and so little knowledge of how each of you have changed that you're way down. The battery is almost drained at that point, if not already dead. And so many couples find that they get to a transition point when they think they're going to step back into the relationship and they look at the other person and they say, who are you? I don't even know who you are. I don't know what happened to us. That's that lost place when we try to put our connection on hold, on pause. Connections are not pausable. You can't hit the pause on your marriage and expect it to come back a little later on. Now, you can short-term, let me just be kind of clarify that there are times, you know, somebody's sick, and so you can't do a lot of connecting. Then you, you know, do a lot of caregiving, which, by the way, is a form of connection, but you not, might not be actively be working on the relationship and tending to the relationship like you want to. Or maybe you have small kids and there's not enough time for date night all the time, but there are always ways of nurturing the connection, even in the moments when you're distracted by life, to be able to come back at the end of the day and say, time to refocus, to start a day off. You know, how am I going to focus on that connection? Those are what makes the difference between a marriage that's disconnected or a marriage that ends in disconnection and a marriage that thrives with connection. It doesn't take a lot of effort, but it's kind of like the battery. If the battery is way drained, it can take a lot of time and a lot of energy to recharge it, to refuel it. But if the battery is almost always charged, it's very close to always charge. It takes just a very short plug-in to top it off to make sure that it's at an optimal level. And that's kind of what we're talking about here, is how do you make sure that you're always topping off the battery of your connection? Okay, and the fifth myth of connection is my spouse doesn't want to connect. Now, you may be at a point of going, you know, my spouse doesn't want anything to do with me. You're in a marriage crisis. My spouse really ignores me. My spouse is angry with me. My spouse has disdain. My spouse has all these negative things towards me that my spouse doesn't want to connect. And here's the thing. We humans are desperate for connection. We are desperate for connection because we are, one, wired for connection, and two, that's what we really deeply want in a relationship. And so what happens is that when we don't have that connection, we get angry, frustrated, disrespectful. You know, you have those feelings of disdain unless there's an opportunity for connection. And sometimes it takes some effort because the battery has been so drained. And so you start trying to re-energize it and it can take a while. You know, if you ever drain your battery on your phone so long that when you plug it in, the phone would not turn on. 
You know, just the other day, my wife and I were driving. We took a little road trip, and my wife had been looking at Facebook uh, and her social media on her phone while we were driving along, and suddenly her phone shuts down, and she looks at me, and she says, you know, just a minute ago, it was at 5%. And I said, well, what did you expect at 5%? A couple of Facebook posts, and you're done. And she said, well, can I recharge it? And so, you know, I gave her the cord in the car to recharge it, and she plugged it in and she turned to me and she said, well, nothing's happening. It's not turning back on. I said, it's because you killed the battery. It's going to take a while. It doesn't have enough to start up. And you could see just in the smallest, faintest little field, that little battery symbol with that one little sliver of red that said that it was charging, but it wasn't able to do anything at that point or even turn on. And the same is true when you're coming out of a disconnected relationship. It can take a long time. You can put in lots of connection, lots of connection, lots of connection, but it's so drained that it takes a while to begin to show up. That's just the nature of disconnection. And when we've gotten to that point, it's not that a spouse doesn't want to connect. It's that a spouse feels so disconnected that it takes a lot more energy to get in there and get it moving. So if you realize that you've fallen into these myths, if you let the battery of your marriage or relationship drain to zero, then it's time to figure out what to do because you need to rekindle that connection and you need to do it fast. Thank you for listening. Now, I want to introduce you to the Fortified Spouse Program that has helped thousands of women and men just like you save their marriages with an 85% success rate. It is based on four fundamental pillars. One, gain the tools to reconnect with your spouse. Two, understand the differences between men and women so we can appreciate and be more empathetic with our spouse. Three, learn how to gain inner confidence so we are no longer codependent on our spouse. And four, deal with our insecurities and triggers so we are more emotionally in control and not as easily triggered. If you're interested in learning more about these tools to immediately stabilize the marriage and postpone and delay the divorce or separation or win your spouse back from an affair, then go to www.fortifiedspouse.com and enroll in the program. It is going to change your life. It is going to make you the best version of you, and it has the highest probability of saving your marriage. You have been listening to the Save Your Marriage podcast for men and women. For further information, visit The Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you. Thank you.